the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Insightful. Informative. Irreverent. We're ready. 1220 KDOW presents Rob Black and Your Money. Your source for breaking news, market updates, and successful investment strategies for the 21st century. Sounds like a great program. Getting you to retirement in today's market. So let's get on with the show. Taxes, family finance, insurance, the economy, technology, media, and entertainment. Rob is talking about it with you at 800-516-1220. So call in. We'll chat and uh, have some fun. Now to start your day with the latest news and market commentary. Here's Rob Black on the Bay Area's business leader, 1220 KDOW. Welcome in. Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black live again after taking a couple days off last week to get some business performed in my life. You know what I'm saying? Business time. Um, equity markets. We keep coming back to the stock market. What's it going to do? When's it going to do it? Why is it going to do? Markets are multi-year highs as of Friday. Markets are doing very well for the year as of Friday. But it always feels like, let's take a look today. Let's peek into it. And I'm going to give you everything you need to know in this first 10, 15 minutes. Everything that you need to know. Because that's my name. That's my game. That's my, my, the way I play. Um, payroll data on Friday was bad. And that basically has everyone thinking the Fed's going to conduct another round of quantitative easing. According to the statistics that I'm looking at, there's a 99% chance problem is that's not exactly something we want to boost stock prices. We want fundamentals. Increased liquidity through having the Fed do a round of quantitative easing is expected, but no one expects it to boost the economic growth all that much. Asia has the same orientation today. Chinese economic data over the weekend, worrisome. Data was bad enough that we're expecting the Chinese government's going to provide some more monetary policy stimulus. Chinese stock market rose on bad data. So I wrote it down this morning, bearish data, bullish hopes. Earnings and economic outlook getting worse. No one's ignoring that. I mean, good God. Did you see what Intel said on Friday? Uh, cutting the revenue outlook. And some analysts are already coming out today saying they may have to do more. Other big stories of note today or thoughts. European Central Bank last week. You know, how much are they going to do? When are they going to do it? What are they committed to do? Well, Germany's Supreme Court's going to have some say in what can and can't be done. And we'll learn about that this week. I know you're saying, 
Are you asking me to base my investment decisions on Germany's Supreme Court? Ain't that a kick in the face? Right? SP 500 down one. Dow Jones and dust. Fine. No, today is Apple Day. Shh, don't tell anyone. Is it today? Oh, good God. I got to repeat the numbers. One more time. SP 500 down one. NASDAQ down nine. Dow down 16. So AIG's a stock to watch today. This is a company that makes no sense to me with how much the government owned it, why it was doing as well as it was doing. And it's done incredibly well. It has completely made the case of a bailout legitimate in some people's minds. When you could have bought this stock at one point in time in 2010, you know, 33 bucks, and you could see that they went as low as 20 and they did some reverse stock splits and U.S. government's basically, the Treasury is going to take its stake below 50% for the first time since the $182 billion bailout in 2008. AIG is going to buy back $5 billion of that. So there's a buyout inside of a release of stock. U.S. government made money. And this is an important one to talk about, even though it's tough to talk about because when we talk about it, we get angry. Executives at AIGs paid themselves millions of dollars in bonuses while being bailed out. You hate bankers, right? But on the other side of it, the U.S. government made money, so you're like, it was a good deal. U.S. government could, couldn't cut quite the same deal with the automakers because the automakers knew that they had jobs in their back pocket that you shut those guys down, you shut down potential voters. Home builder Beezer Homes is asking shareholders to approve a one for five reverse stock split. That's just financial engineering. General Motors asking dealers not to sell 60,000 vehicles, mostly from the 2013 model because of a software glitch in its OnStar system. GM does expect a fix in the next couple of days. Michael Kors is going to sell 20 million shares in a secondary offering. J.C. Penney is making permanent its recent promotion to give children free haircuts every Sunday. Starting November 4th, 1.6 million free haircuts were given during an August promotion. He is in talks to sell Gulf of Mexico assets to planes expiration for about $7 billion. BP is still seeking to raise money to pay for damages from the 2010 Gulf spill. BP, if you take a look at that stock, there's some phrase that I use called the bad news bull. And if you take a look at what happened to the stock, it really fell precipitously when they had their oil spill. It's recovered a good 50%. They fell to $28. It's back to 42 bucks. It's never been a great oil company in comparison to ExxonMobil's, but there's no reason not to own the stock if you want to own an investment that has a dividend. It's not going to go away, and you go, but they're going to lose in court. Yeah, same way Exxon did with the Valdez, right? They lost their, their they got fleeced in court. Now the stars in the news today, target of more criticism from investor Carl Icahn. He slammed the truck maker for naming a new CEO without getting input from major shareholders. Icahn says the move to appoint Lewis Campbell as interim CEO was the worst, worse than well, ill-advised. Like, that's drama. Save the drama for your mama. 
Amazon's going to allow customers to pay 15 bucks to opt out of advertisements that will otherwise appear on new models of its Kindle Fire e-readers. You can opt out of commercials. How do you feel about that? I don't have an opinion for you. People expect Intel again to cut numbers. This is coming from the Heard on the Street commentary this morning. Hopefully you enjoyed a little getaway, a little fantasy football, a little NFL this weekend. We'll talk about the NFL and the business of the NFL at some point today, I'm sure. Talk about your portfolios. Don't forget, I do have a seminar coming up this week. Thursday evening in Los Gatos. Lovely, beautiful Los Gatos. From 6 to 9 at the Toll House Hotel. It's a wealth preservation retirement planning event. You can sign up at robblack.com. It's robblack.com. While at robblack.com, you can hit the visitor sign up, and I send out a newsletter on occasion, typically three times every two months. But um, at the Wealth Preservation Retirement Planning event, going to cover economic outlook, portfolio structure, asset allocation. Special guest attorney Michelle C. Lerman is going to offer a free estate plan consultation for all attending individuals. It's at the Toll House Hotel. CFP Chad Burton basically runs the event. I support with a little economic commentary as well as stocks that I hold and why. Oh, I guess the Apple's event's not till Wednesday. Bitter. Bitter. But anyway, sign up for the Wealth Preservation Retirement Planning event at robblack.com. It's robblack.com. You can also follow me on Twitter, Rob Black Show, Rob Black Show. Um, I put up daily money, money, money videos at YouTube under Rob Black Show, Rob Black Show. And again, you can find me on the email, rob at robblack.com. It's rob at robblack.com. Generally speaking, if you ask a strategy question, those are the best. And I like to run with those. You can find out more about me and what we do in the future at robblack.com. You're listening to Rob Black and Your Money on the Wall Street Business Network. Welcome back in. Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black. Trying to frog out of my throat. It's a gross image, but it's true. Um, despite being divorced for a year, George Lopez and his wife, ex-wife, Anne Serrano, have finally agreed to split the actors after retirement down the middle. But only the portion of the fund representing the contributions he made during their 17-year marriage. 
No word on the exact sum, but it's going to be hefty, clearly. Again, it tells you that marriage is a financially devastating event. It doesn't have to be, but it currently is for a lot of people. What's uh, Blake Lively? Ryan Reynolds. He's 35. She's 25. She's hot. He's okay. They secretly tied the knot Sunday night in a Boone Hall plantation in South Carolina. That's about all I got, I guess. There's just not that much drama in these stories today, unless you kind of make it up, which I'll do if you ask me to. But instead of that, let's take a look at the financial numbers. Taking a look, we got the SP 500 down one, the NASDAQ down nine, the Dow Jones Industrial Average down eight. Let's welcome in CFP Chad Burton. Chad Burton is a financial planner. We talk retirement and wealth issues all the time. Let's talk about the concept of rebalancing your portfolio. I think we all know the concept while we're working. Keep a look at it. Make sure nothing gets too overweighted or too underweighted in your portfolio. Uh, that's when you're working. But mm-hmm. what about in retirement? What concepts do we need to know? Well, let's talk about first why you rebalance because things like asset classes go through different rotation periods. And I've talked about the Cowan periodic table investments, and you can Google that and find this. And you can see the sectors or asset classes, as soon as they make, you know, they're the best place to be for two or three years in a row. Within a couple of years, they're the worst place to be in the last, in those two or three years in a row. And so when you see them hit the ring the bell, especially for like three years in a row, or when you see an asset class like REITs all of a sudden rally up 15% when they're really a yield play, you know it's time to take some profits and buy stuff that's been down. Um, so you, you're always looking for your investment choices where you want a good 10-year average rate of return and it's got to be risk-adjusted. In other words, low standard deviation, low beta. Um, and when you see something that has a great long-term rate of return sell off for a period of a year or two, that's when you want to buy it. That's when you get the real great returns that help you outperform in the long run on a risk-adjusted basis. So that's how you rebalance. The easiest way for, for a person pre-retirement to rebalance is to just turn on their re- automatic rebalancer on the 401k. Almost every single one has it, where every year at a certain month, um, it'll rebalance everything back to your original choices. A more active person will use their contributions to change their asset allocation and to rebalance. In other words, if they look in their portfolio and see their overweight in large cap and underweight in international, they'll stop adding to large cap and start buying international. Make sense? Absolutely. But if um, you know, you're in retirement, it becomes a different story. Your rebalancing situation looks like this. You have your different pieces of your portfolio. I like your three years' worth of expenses in cash, a balanced portfolio, um, a dividend-paying stock portfolio, and some other income that's guaranteed for life. And so what I do when I rebalance and I look at things, the first thing I look at is how much of their three years' worth of expenses in cash did they spend. So if the market's positive for that quarter, I'll peel off enough out of the portfolios to replenish their cash. And then I'll look to rebalance inside the portfolios. So the first thing you look at is how can I always peel off the house money in the good times to replenish the cash that I'm spending. So I always keep my three years worth of, of safety reserves to get me through bad economies intact. Okay. So that's, that's, it's, it's really important to kind of monitor it a little bit more closely in retirement, more on a quarterly basis. Most younger people in their 20s and 30s, they could rebalance once a year and still be okay as long as they're actively saving. So for you at work, you're in your office, do you have a flag that says, take a look at, should I be rebalancing today, this month, this quarter? Like, when do you remind yourself, like, 
I need to do this? Um, well, it, it, on a quarterly basis, if the market's negative, you just rebalance inside the portfolios. Okay. But if the market's positive and it's in a big way, let's say it's a 7% quarter, for example. Right, which is what then, we had first quarter of 2012. Right. And so you, you talk to the clients that are retired and you constantly have to remind them that you need the three years worth of expenses and cash. So the quarter review process becomes, look, here's what your portfolio did. What do your cash levels look like? Okay. Most of the time I can see on a wealth management site that we have for clients, I can see the amount of cash and we can go ahead and send that to them. Gotcha. But it's an active communication situation. Uh, most of the strategies that I see people pitch out there are here, I'm going to set up this strategy and I'm never going to talk to you again. I'm going to sell you a bunch of crappy product and then don't, please don't call me for 15 years. That's, That's not how it should be in retirement. It's your money. It's the only thing that you have left to live on until you're 100 years old. So you better be a little bit more proactive about it. NBA is now starting to put advertisements on jerseys. Have you ever considered putting an advertisement on your business suit? Sell ads. <laughs> You're doing these think, quarterly reviews. I'm trying to think what would be on that. That's... Something like Milk of Magnesia or something. <laughs> Depends. <laughs> <laughs> Depends. I like it. You're selling, You're telling me your clients wear Depends. <laughs> nope. You're going on the record. Yeah. Okay, so what else do we need to know about rebalancing? Um, is it easier than we think? Is it something I, you should let a professional do? I think it's the hardest thing that people do because it's easy to buy, but the hardest time, the hardest thing that people have trouble with in investing is when to sell. Yeah. And so by creating pieces of your portfolio and a certain asset allocation level. So you have, you know, you got your three years worth of expenses in cash. That's something you have to keep intact. That means you know you have to sell gains in order to keep that intact. Okay. And then you have an, a, an asset allocation plan that has a certain amount in, in stocks, bonds, real estate, commodities, alternatives, all of that in the portfolio. You set those parameters and you know you have to sell when those parameters are out of whack. Okay. Um, I think that's about it for this topic. I think we've Beat it to death, so to speak. Yeah, sure. <laughs> you can meet Chad at an upcoming Wealth Preservation Retirement Planning event. You can find out more about those at robblack.com. That's robblack.com. You can meet Chad yourself. Say you need a CFP. Say this is you know rocket science to you. Say this is difficult stuff to understand and comprehend. Financial planners are good, good, solid ideas for people in retirement. You don't have time to make up your mistakes. Don't make mistakes. You can find Chad at newfocusfinancial.com. That's newfocusfinancial.com. So we got the Dow down slightly, the NASDAQ down eight, the S&P 500 up fractions. We have gold sitting at 1732 an ounce with the European Union saying that they're basically going to be throwing money at their problems. I would imagine gold should go higher with the U.S. looking more and more alike. We need to bail out China and help their economy stimulate the weaker dollar. I would imagine gold should go higher, to be quite honest with you. I'm not a gold fan in any way, shape, or form. It's a play on quantitative easing. It is not a play on inflation at this point in time. It's certainly not a play on innovation. So don't forget I got a seminar coming up, not today, but this Thursday in Los Gatos. You can sign up for it at robblack.com. It's robblack.com. It's a wealth preservation retirement planning event. So if you're 40-ish, 50-ish, 60-ish, heading towards retirement, this is an ideal event for you. You can learn more about it in Los Gatos at the Toll House Hotel at robblack.com. That's robblack.com.
Rob Black and Your Money is co-sponsored by AlexHarrisCoach.com. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money, investing, and much, much more. Thanks for listening to the show. The podcast, for those of you who are freaking out about it at kdow.biz, isn't there right now. We're switching podcast providers. It'll probably be there this week or next week. But if you need to absolutely get a copy of it, I post it every day at iTunes. You can subscribe to it. It's totally free. You can find that at iTunes under Rob Black and Your Money. Rob Black and Your Money under the podcast. At one point in time, I was the number one financial podcast on iTunes, which is kind of like being called the tallest midget or the tallest, the shortest player in the NBA. It's like it's a compliment, maybe. Are you kidding me? It doesn't feel like a compliment. So a couple things that we have to really look at with the stock market. Fundamentally, it's not terribly healthy out there right now. That doesn't have me in any way, shape, or form glum. I understand when people say job cuts and unemployment and high taxes and fiscal cliff and austerity measures that the natural assumption is to get negative. On Wall Street, we call that bearish. I think central banks are going to continue to manage to overcome bearish fundamentals. I think it's a stock picker's market. I think there's a lot going on in corporate profits that are positive. Forecast for third quarter earnings are in decline about 3% compared to the third quarter of 2011. It is a clear loss of momentum in the earnings trend. There's no indication of a turnaround anytime soon. So you need to be very, very protective of your portfolio. Wall Street forecasts call for a 10% earnings growth in the fourth quarter, 11% next year. It's almost impossible to understand how that's realistic in any way, shape, or form. It's over-optimistic. A lot of people want China to grow at 8%. China's not growing at 8% anymore. Too big of an economy. There's a silly metric that people use of, you know, how long are the cranes being operated in China? Is it 24 hours a day? Is it 12 hours a day? Is it 16? And are they going to the night? Outlook for revenues and margins doesn't really support expectations of a sudden rebound in earnings. If you look at the revenue, in aggregate for the second quarter, it was up about 2% year over year. We're looking at very similar numbers for the third quarter. Maybe worse. 
year's own third quarter real GDP, it's going to be negative. It's not the United States of the Eurozone. It's a Eurozone. It's 17 different countries with 17 different political angles, with 17 different political advisors, with 17 different political bankers. Like, it's, it's pretty tough there to solve their problems. They're going to have their problems for a while. U.S. real GDP for third quarter is going to be lower than the second quarter. So it's really tough when you put those two things together to see how we're going to grow revenue. We know Chinese economic activity is slowing. We know Japan's going to post a negative number for real GDP in the third quarter. And we know that economies like in Brazil are slowing dramatically. Revenue for the S&P 500 companies, it can't surge when Brazil's slowing, Japan's negative, China's slowing. Like, we can't have revenue growth. You know, profit margins is something we have to look at. They're near record levels. There's no reason to expect a sharp increase in profit margins going forward because we have seen some commodity prices commodity prices um, go up. It could put pressure on margins for the manufacturers. Expectations of return to double-digit profit growth would be a stretch. If revenue was 3% for the quarters ahead, profit margins would need to increase from the current 18.7% to about 20% in order for profits to rise at a double-digit growth rate. We're not going to get double-digit growth rate in earnings. Therefore, we shouldn't get double-digit growth rate in the stock market. Now, the stock market's rallied in the last few months based on the idea that central banks will provide additional liquidity that will lift asset prices. If you make the cost of money cheaper, it should stimulate. That's the theory. But demand stimulates, to me, a lot better than, per se, cheap money. Additional liquidity promotes economic growth. That's a bullish angle, right? Additional liquidity, cheaper money, reduces the risk of a credit meltdown. That's true. And additional liquidity creates additional demand for equities. But let's look at that a little bit further and a little bit closer. When we had the first two rounds of quantitative easing, where we increased liquidity, made money cheaper, the Fed couldn't get real GDP growth above 2% in the United States. Is a third round going to be more effective than the first two rounds? Probably not. You know, additional liquidity not going to be the factor to induce banks to lend more. Demand's going to be it. Lowering standards will be it. Raising rates will be it. The recently announced bond buying program from the ECB hasn't changed any forecast for growth in Europe. No one sees that, but the recession deepening there. It'll reduce the borrowing costs, certainly for Italy and Spain, and very much so uh, kicking the can down the road. You know, I don't see a credit implosion. You know, I think the Fed is supporting a mini bubble in stock prices right now. I, I think the Fed's paying a little bit too close attention to Twitter. I think they're paying too close attention to the news that's out there. I think the negative argument is based on hard data of earnings trends and economic trends. The bullish arguments based largely on hopes of more liquidity actions by central banks in Europe and the United States. 
which creates that demand for stocks, which is a mini bubble. You know, McDonald's paying 4% dividend yield or 3% dividend yield is better than a treasury at 1% to 2%, right? Mathematically, if I can get 3 to 4% versus 0 to 1%, I'll take 3 to 4 Again, I'm not knocking McDonald's. Ba-da-da-da-da. I'm loving it. It's the bullish argument. Can easily dominate the market for short periods of time. In the long run, fundamentals always went out, and it's going to be really, really difficult to see how do we grow from here. We've got some ugly sitting on the edge of the market right now with a fiscal cliff. We're talking about higher taxes on Americans and able to manage that. That's not a win-win for anyone. If I pay higher taxes, I'm going to spend less next year. I don't live paycheck to paycheck, but the more I spend with the government, the less I spend in your restaurant. I think valuations on the stock market are attractive. I think the Fed is protecting us and being very, very bullish. Credit is incredibly cheap for businesses and for individuals. Economic and earnings expansions likely uh, based on you know the credit basis. Industrial production and employment is sustaining GDP development, which underscores a very modest earnings per share growth rate in 2013 from 2012. I think we're going to start seeing Washington work on the deficit. Will it work? I don't know. Double-digit market appreciation would require a lowering of risk premiums, which is likely to result in a policy initiative to address fiscal imbalances. Whoever wins the, the House this year has to start addressing this. Maybe not fixing it, but addressing it like an adult. You know, am I a raging bull? No. I still think we can move higher, not necessarily this year. I think we've had a very, very good year. Do we move higher? I don't know. Do we move lower? I don't know. I can tell you this time next year, I expect us to be higher. I've been very bullish this year. I've been getting the market anytime there's a pullback. I think risks bound, but risk premiums reflect a lot of that uncertainty. I don't think Europe unravels. I don't think China has a hard landing. Absolutely, there's a lot of Middle East tensions out there, and that could disrupt oil supplies. So far, it hasn't. I don't build my thesis or my thesi on low probability outcomes. I base it on high probability. I look at identifiable risk parameters, and I try to work from there. There's no shortage of worries. There's no shortage of of nervous Nellies. There's no shortage of, of negativity out there. You know, I look at price to book. I look at, you know, book value. I look at earnings. I look at four quarter operating earnings per shares year over year. I look at average PEs. For 2013, the SP 500 is at about 14.8 times earnings. It's not bad. I think it could support a 5 to 12% market return. So we'll talk about this and more. Pick up the phone. Give me a call. 800-516-1220. It's 800-516-1220. Don't forget, I got a big event coming up at the Toll House Hotel Thursday night in Los Gatos. Thursday night in Los Gatos. Wealth Preservation Retirement Planning. September 13th from 6 to 9 p.m. 6 to 9 p.m. It's about diversification, tax reduction strategies. CFP Chad Burton will run the event. 
State planning attorney Michelle C. Lerman will be there to offer her state planning tips and insights. You can find out more at robblack.com. It's robblack.com. We'll take a break here. We'll be right back on Rob Black and Your Money on the Wall Street Business Network. Welcome back in, Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and much, much more. U.S. Open is starting to wind down. 49ers kicker David Akers tied the NFL record for the longest field goal by banking in a kick. Off the crossbar. A doink counts just as much as a... It cuts right through. With that said, hopefully you enjoyed some of the NFL this weekend. I certainly did. Uh, A little downtime. I like that about the uh, escapism of media. With that said, I'm pretty honest about how I handle investing. It can be stressful at times, and I know that. And I know you know that. It's best if you try to temper your enthusiasm and temper your fear. S&P 500 is down one. The Nasdaq's down 16. The Dow Jones Industrial Average down five. Young Americans who grew up during the Great Recession apparently did not learn much from their parents' woes. There's a major disconnect between many of their wishes and realities. I know people under the age of 30 who think... Mommy and daddy are going to leave me some money in the will. I know people who realize my dad messed up. He bought too much real estate. He went bankrupt. He has nothing. He's age 50 plus. He's going to work till the day he dies. Nearly 40% of Generation Z, i.e. those are people aged 13 to 22, expect to receive an inheritance. They don't believe they need to save for retirement. There's little, little of the halo effect of youth that they're going to learn the hard way. I don't think in this day and age you can afford to be a parent and not do everything you can to get your kid to college education. Only 16% of parents said they expect to provide an inheritance, and yet 40% expect they're going to get an inheritance. Amongst adults with at least $100,000 in assets, 58% say leaving an inheritance is not a primary concern. 42% say that saving for retirement is their primary financial goal. Passing on money to a future generation is far down the list. It's 2% of Americans think passing on money to your kid's important. (laughs) And what's even worse is we're living longer. 
and that doesn't that drains the bank account. It creates a lot of poverty in retirement. You do need to get financially fit, in my opinion. And you do have to work maybe till the day you die. That's There's no shame in that. There's shame in not knowing that. You know, it's stunning to me how many people just aren't prepared for the hard truths. On average, workers at companies with 2,500 plus employees earn 27 bucks an hour versus people who are in 16 bucks an hour when it's an employee firm of under 100. Big companies create big paychecks. And if you want to tax the heck out of big companies, you're basically going to say, what do you want to do with your money, big company? Do you want to hire people or do you want to save it? They're going to save it. They're not going to be generous just to be generous. A friend of mine works at Visa, and I can tell you that she's way overpaid for her qualifications, and she's way overpaid for her job. In the real world, she's not going to get that. But in big corporate America, she gets it. Does that make any sense to you? Is this microphone on? Oh, good golly. It's a fun day on Wall Street because we're still dealing with bad news from Friday on the U.S. jobs front. Bad news on the Chinese economic data. Europe's in a recession. This week, we get the European Supreme Court telling us whether or not the, uh, the stability fund, the European stability fund is legal or not legal. Like, are you kidding me? They are so messed up over there. You know, you can get a nice Greek villa for about $200,000, $300,000 oceanfront. I'm thinking about just throwing it all in, going to Greece, and hanging out with my friends from Greece, eating some, some pistachio nuts and... Sailing the world because they're sailors, you know. Anyhow, uh, natural gas is rallying sharply. It's up 1% today. October crude oil sold off a little earlier, but it's moved back up as the day has gone on. Well, like, why are commodities doing well? Well, commodities are doing well because the Federal Reserve has, quote unquote, got our back. And will they take action this week or not? GM's Volt, very low sales, very high cost. It's one of those situations where I think we all want the Volt to work. An electric car. That's amazing. No gasoline, no oil, right? Mm, they're losing about $49,000 on each Volt. They're trying to get people into the showrooms right now, but they're losing tons of money. They're paying just $5,000 to drive for two years, some Americans, a lease in a car that costs up to $89,000 to make. Now, as more and more and more buildings, production ramps up, it'll get better. But it's a very complex technology. It uses very expensive batteries. And again, ideally, would hey, the world's running on le- sunshine. But that's not the reality of the math. 
Don't forget, i got an event coming up in Los Gatos this week, Thursday evening from 6 to 9. It's Wealth Preservation Retirement Planning. It's an important one because the estate planning laws are ending this year. And now's a great time to take advantage of that if you're wealthy, if you're in retirement. Everyone who owns a house in California should have a trust. We'll talk about that. We'll talk about estate planning. We'll talk about the economy. We'll talk about stocks I hold and why. Los Gatos Tollhouse Hotel, this Thursday from 6 to 9. You can sign up at robblack.com. That's robblack.com. Welcome in. Rob Black and your money. HP says job cuts on a reorganization plan are going to reach 29000 NBC has confirmed Jay Leno is going to take a 50% pay cut down to $15 million a year. Comcast recently took over running NBC Universal. Chicago teacher strike underscores America's problems that you can't always expect a pay raise. And yet, when you're in the union, you fight for pay raises. Hooters is turning to women to try to turn around that company. It's typically referred to as a restaurant. They're vying for customers and confidence in the United States consumer. Not exactly there. First Hooters opened in 1983. How do they get women to go in? It's what they're focusing their marketing on right now. 51% of the U.S. population is women, and yet over 70% of their business is pitched towards men. So this is a publicly traded company. I'm sorry, it's not a publicly traded company. You know, Hooters is underscoring how Chili's, which is owned by Brinker and Dine Equity, which owns Applebee's, you know, value, food quality, Menu variety. How do businesses get traction? It's important to look at that kind of stuff. And if I can do it through a conversation about Hooters restaurants, I'll do it. S&P 500 is lower today by fractions. We're waiting for the Fed. I know. That stinks. Same old story. NASDAQ down 11, Dow up 13. Let's welcome in CFP Chad Burton with New Focus Financial. You can find him online at newfocusfinancial.com. Chad, it's been a period of time where we've had a bad economy for what feels ever. We've had a credit implosion in the United States. We've had a housing bust. We've had a tech bust. We've had Europe slow down and Europe maybe fall apart, the European Union. Um, It's all created lower interest rates around the world because as we panic, we put cash into safety, i.e. bonds and government debt, and that's pushed the yields incredibly low, 2 percent that's pushed mortgage rates low and borrowing costs lower for corporations so that's what the, that's what central banks are trying to do they're trying to make money cheaper and whether or not that's going to be good in the long term it's yet to be seen because right now we're in a kind of a world rush to 
devalue currencies so that they can kind of reflate out of the situation and, and get their economies growing again. So everybody's kind of, you know, we went for many years on a dollar downtrend and lately the dollar's been up. Um, but what better time to take your higher currency and start taking advantage of overseas opportunities slowly over time as, as things start to improve overseas. With that said, it's on one hand, it's bad because the yield is so low, but on the other hand, it's a safety issue. On the other hand, it's also going to encourage a lot of growth down the road. As an investor who's 60, you hate low interest rates. As an investor who's 20 or 30, you got to love those low rates. Yeah, and especially what you also have to look at is the general earnings yield on S&P 500 stocks versus the 10-year treasury yep. and what that spread is. Because typically, the higher the spread, the higher P ratio could be warranted about that. But it makes the bond side of the portfolio for retired people even more confusing because the interest rate or the, the the income out of those portfolios have dropped. The prices are at all-time highs. There will be a period of time where interest rates will reverse. Inflation will tick up because of everybody printing money where you might end up having to have extra cash, higher dividend-paying stocks, and even short the the mid-to-long-term treasuries. There what's, will be a time when that happens. What's fascinating about what you're saying right now, and this is fascinating to me and not to everyone, but I remember 12, 13 years ago on radio and television saying, anytime the 10-year treasury is over 4 5 6%, you buy bonds. Anytime it's under 4 3%, you definitely buy stocks. Yeah, That seems antiquated. You got to watch the bond market. It's smarter than the stock market. A, a sovereign country's bonds will tell you when there's a crisis sooner than their stock market will. Absolutely. But you can't use that. I mean, that was written in stone. Yeah. You know, 6% on 10 year you buy bonds, you don't think stocks because that's a great safe return. Mm-hmm. Anything under 4% you buy stocks because you got to take that risk because any, you can't, the safety of 3% yields on a 10 year treasury isn't going to keep up with inflation. Yeah. So, you know, if we, if we look at any kind of a growth situation, stocks could be underpriced. But what you have to look at then is not only the earnings yield versus the 10-year treasury, but margins in companies. Because commodity prices have come down, productivity is way up. So margins have expanded to an all-time high versus GDP. And if if commodity prices go up as a result of a falling dollar, that could that could kind of squeeze margins. So you have to really look at interest rates and margins right now. But until something changes, equities look attractive. I saw that at one point in time in 2012, John Deere borrowed money at a record low cost. Corporate America's flush with cash. Mm-hmm. Down the road, when they feel better about employment numbers or new hirings, they're going to have to build some new buildings. Um, this is a great time for the U.S. government to be borrowing money because we're borrowing at low cost. So there are some, and for me, I got to refi on my mortgage, save right. an extra six hundred bucks a month. That's going to be future economic spending, and thank God for it because otherwise, I would feel really, I'd feel a little bit more grim, so to speak. Yeah, I mean, if with all of this debt that's been refinanced over the longer period of time, and with Operation Twist buying longer term bonds, we could be setting up for a, a good decade of of nice growth if our Congress keeps spending level. If but if they continue to spend more and more money yeah. during this time, then we've got issues. Spinning your way out of a recession works sometimes. Spinning your way out of a recession doesn't work every time. you got to stimulate out of a recession. Uh-huh. You don't want to spend out of a recession. Number one thing I would like to see Congress do is uh, make it easier for small businesses to hire, make it easier for small businesses to make money. They can do that with certainty on what, what our tax bracket's going to be and what our health care costs are going to be. Isn't it crazy we live in a kind of a fluctuating tax bracket world? Over the last decade, yeah. I mean, look at all the changes in tax code between the, the you know two presidents that we've had, and 
you know, you see times where capital gains were cut during a Democratic president and the market rallied. Yeah. But yet you continue to talk about higher taxes when the economy is failing. That's it's ridiculous. With that said, that's CFP Chad Burton. CFP Chad Burton. You can find him at newfocusfinancial.com. That's newfocusfinancial.com. Hold on. I got to finish typing the statement. Okay. Um, just taking a look at some of the numbers. HP says they're going to reorganize. They're going to add another 2,000 people to their 29,000 now job cuts. NBC has confirmed that Jay Leno is going to take a 50% pay cut. I'm surprised they pay him at all. Chicago teacher strike is underscoring a lot of problems with America where people expect pay increases. But even more percent, 40% of Chicago public school students drop out. 20% of those who graduate are functionally illiterate. It's an obscenity. And I can't say it any better than that. Young people expect an inheritance that won't exist. I, I got to tell you, people, you got to take care of your own retirement because you're going to have to take care of your own retirement. Anyone who's listening to this show, you need to be saving 15% of every paycheck. You listen to me, Rob Black. You can find me at robblack.com. Don't forget, I got an event coming up this week at the Toll House Hotel in Los Gatos from 6 to 9. It's a wealth preservation retirement planning event, talking about planning tips, economic outlook, portfolio structure, asset allocation. You can sign up for that this Thursday from 6 to 9 at Toll House Hotel in Los Gatos at robblack.com. Rob Black has a financial interest in the success of New Focus Financial. What's on your financial mind? We can talk about anything that you want to talk about. I really try to keep it uneven here so that everyone feels comfortable. Bob Woodward has penned a piece in the Washington Post about last year's debt limit deal at the last second, and it's just amazing. Woodward gets just crazy access. And as he tells it in the article, Congress did an end run around White House to try to get a deal through. Woodward portrays President Obama as having been caught flat-footed and paints the Senate as a doormat. He inserted us into the action from July 2011 when a draft bill temporarily raised the debt ceiling but required the issue to be revisited one more time before the November election lands on the president's desk. According to the piece... 
President Barack Obama said, we've got to figure out plan B, which is how do we get out of this thing? That's not good. They didn't have a plan B. Harry Reid's chief of staff, David Crowe, accused the White House of being ill-prepared to handle the tough stance House Republicans were taking. And again, this is all in Bob Woodward's writing, which comes from the upcoming book, The Price of Politics, about how President Obama has ended up ceding legislative power to Congress. And it's interesting because I'm in the private sector. I'm a business owner. And we know, and you know, you always have a plan B. Right? I think so. I hope so. Speaking of plan Bs, something that I got to throw out there is that divorce is very, very messy. And I don't talk about women issues particularly a lot on this show as much as I should. But women are different than men. Women work Women live longer than men. Women sometimes get out of the workforce to raise children, more often than men do. A lot of women, like my mother, have never really known about the family finances until she was, it was forced upon her. 19 years ago, my father passed away. A lot of people, when they get divorced, and divorce is real, it happens. First thing they do is they go out and they spend money, both men and women. Men get the Porsche because we want to look younger. Women get the new makeover. People go from dual incomes to single incomes. It's traumatizing. People can't pay their bills. They borrow money from friends. A lot of people, when they think they're going to go through a divorce, the first thing they do is to hire an attorney. The first thing you should do is figure out your financial situation. Studies show that women more so than men lack confidence and knowledge on financial topics. They tend to be more vulnerable when a divorce leaves them with financial responsibility. A divorce equals drastic changes in budgets for both men and women. If you're thinking of divorce, first thing I'd do is slow it down. You're in a dark period of your life. Consider mediation. A divorce mediator is a lot cheaper than a divorce attorney. And you know what? In the end, you're not going to win. You try to win in a divorce, and all you're going to do is make it dramatic and run up the bill. You know who wins in expensive divorces? Attorneys. You once loved this person. Go see a mediator. Go see someone who can get you divorced, who can file the paperwork, and doesn't escalate the costs. Start paying attention to bank accounts when you start thinking a divorce is going to happen. You know, with me, my bank account got raided a little bit. Oddly enough, $5,000 quickly came out of it. I'm not bitter. But people do dumb things. They panic when they see the writings on the wall. You have to set aside some emergency cash. You got to make it a priority to seek financial help. Get the advice before you get out, not after. Women, don't take the house in the divorce. A house is a different asset than a retirement plan. Both of them are worth a million dollars, but a house is a different object. Split everything 50-50 when it comes to the house. Sell it and split it 50-50. Yes, the kids will recover. 
And yes, it stinks that you're taking them out of that school district. A lot of people wait too long to replace a partner's responsibility. They become a backseat rider in the divorce and how it's proceeding. They become financial experts after they have to, not when they should. Have a financial strategy in in, in place. Make sure that you've got good financial records. Change your beneficiary information. Adding insult to injury. You get a divorce. You potentially die for some unexpected reason. Your money goes to your ex-husband or your ex-wife. You got to change that beneficiary designation. See an estate planner to change your will or your trust. Financial planning is less about what age you are. It's more about what stage in life you are. Individuals really need to be aware that their standard of living is going to change in in divorce. A lot of people are getting divorced in their 50s and 60s now. It's a rising number. You know, if two of you are 50s and 60s, you're probably in your peak earning years, right? Probably got the kids out of the house. So you have to reevaluate lifestyle changes. First thing that I see anytime someone complains to me that they're not saving enough or they haven't saved enough is cut your friggin' fragging cell phone. You know, getting half of someone's 401k doesn't replace income, so make sure you're looking at income. People who've had the luxury of not working their whole life or working part-time, they're probably going to have to go back into the workforce. Know ahead of the time what your financial numbers are. Like I told you, 19 years ago when my dad died, my mom had no clue. She had no clue how much credit card debt he had. She had no clue how his pension was going to work. She had no clue that... With six months left to live, the doctor said, you will be dead in six months. Cherish the time you have because you will be dead. One month later, he had the ability to extend a life insurance policy. He forgot to sign it. Like, big loser. My dad had whole life insurance his whole life. And a doctor said, you'll be dead in six months. So he actually knew how much more he had to pay to get that $400,000 payout. And he forgot to sign it because that was his time where he was going to come to God. That was his time where he was going to make his peace. (sighs) Frustrating, right? Young people are expecting the inheritance from their parents. Parents are expecting not to leave anything to, the, to their, their kids. Some people say you've won if you bounce a check on the day you die. For me, leaving a legacy is important. For you, is it or not? I don't know. In France, if two people are engaged and one of them dies, the one who lives can actually still legally marry the other person even though they're dead. France is a messed up country. And this is where I start my chant, USA, USA, USA.
This week we get Apple. Stock hits an all-time high, and they're on the launch pad for the iPhone 5. BP's nearing a $6 billion sale of Gulf assets to the planes. To me, it's always ExxonMobil or Chevron Texaco. I don't see the reason of owning an integrated oil other than them, unless you're playing a weak dollar, then you go with Total. But they've got problems of their own with a weak euro. So I just don't play that many games when it comes down to investing. I save my games for my relationships. <laughs> right? To get your calls on the air, it's 800-516-1220. It's 800-516-1220. Anything that you want to talk about, we could talk about. We could talk about the markets. It's basically waiting on the Fed now. We're in a trading range today. We're starting to think, is the Fed going to announce QE3? Telecom stocks, material stocks, and energy stocks are doing well. Weakness is seen in tech and industrial names. AMD's up, but that's because they've been down for such a long time. That's not a, a this isn't a buyer's market. This isn't sexy. So Apple has recently reversed. They hit an all-time high this morning. They have reversed. Google's off a little bit as well as it nears its all-time high of 714. It's at 705. To get your calls in there, it's 800-516-1220. It's 800-516-1220. Don't forget, I got an event this week. You can sign up for it at robblack.com. It's in Los Gatos, California. It's at the Toll House Hotel, which, again, I wish was made out of Toll House cookie dough. It's not, but it's a lovely hotel. You can sign up for it at robblack.com. That's robblack.com. While you're at robblack.com, you can hit the visitor sign up, and I'll send out a newsletter later this week for you with some investment ideas. Get your calls in there. It's 800-516-1220 to sign up for that seminar. Thursday night from 6 to 9, Wealth Preservation Retirement Planning. Go to robblack.com. That's robblack.com. Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com. <laughs> 